Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Hello, hello, hello. It's the 30th of June, 2023. Mm-hmm. I just looked up on the wall and um, I thought, you know, I just flip wonder, right? It still says May. So I don't know. Apparently this particular calendar, yeah, it didn't get flipped from May to June. But it's going to get flipped from June to July. Uh, that is uh, fixing to happen. What is going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, I'd love to hear from you on the text line, 877-933-2484. Uh, here on the farm, let's just do the Friday Farm Report right here, right now. So it's always something that will be that could be the that could be the Friday Farm Report every week. It's always something. If you if you've lived on the farm ever in your life, you know this to be true. It's always something. So this week we successfully, I say successfully, two birds were lost in the process. So I don't know how successful other people will consider this, but we have integrated the uh the chickens into the big coop together and we lost two because well frankly there's a constant threat of predation i don't know what else to to tell you about that other than chicken is on everybody's plate and i don't know if it was a hawk in one case and a raccoon in another case but those are the lead suspects in uh in my uh yeah in in what has resulted in the loss of two chickens this week but we have successfully integrated all of the chickens into the big coop, and so that is uh, that is a success of the week. We do have a sick calf. So of our four little steers, one of them is really sick. And um, we've been working our way down the list of things that might be wrong and remedies that might be brought to bear, and um, a, a third vet was consulted yesterday, and New remedies are now um, being being tried, and and here's the reality: we now have more invested in this little calf than he is ever going to be worth. But there you go; that's just kind of sometimes the nature of farming and caring for that which God places under your stewardship. And it also results in the reality that uh, it's possible that everyone will not be going on vacation together because you know what? Sometimes, as a farm family, that's how it works out. Uh, did your farm family ever like all get to get away? Paul, you were raised on a dairy farm. Like, can you ever leave? Uh, well, groups of us could leave at times. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it, yeah, we didn't have no, any no. big family vacations. We never did a Disney run or anything like that. It just exactly. didn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, this is a uh, this is a quote unquote holiday week coming up. But clearly, clearly, at least uh, one among us will be staying back to care for this uh, this one little sick calf and to make sure that he makes it over the uh, makes it over the hump. Um, this has been a uh, a tree week as well on the farm. The climbing gear. Some of you will recall that my husband Jim um, spent a career as an arborist and he owned a tree service company and. And he still has some climbing gear, and every once in a while it it reappears. Well, the climbing gear reappeared this week, 
And uh, you might recall that we had a huge poplar tree that came up out of its its root ball came up about six to eight inches out of the ground during a uh, tremendous windstorm back in March. And since then, that that tree pulled back into its rightful location has been tied off with a giant rope and all kinds of ridiculous gear. Um, it's been tied off to another tree. Well, finally, the day came. The uh, climbing gear came out. My husband went up the poplar, drilled a big hole, set a cable, goes over to the other tree, goes up that tree, drills a big hole, uh, and then cables the one tree to the other tree. And so there you go. I would say it's a glorified zip line, but it's way too high up in the air. And obviously, you would smash into the other tree if you were ever to use it as a zip line. But yeah, it's um, there you go. That happened this week. And then because the climbing gear was already out, he thought, you know what? Let's go put new ropes. Let's replace the ropes in our um, in our big rope swings. And you say to yourself, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, we've got a tree that has two big, well, long, long, long swings. And you can swing on them out over the edge of this hill that's next to our house. And so you can imagine how fun that is, right? But you can also imagine that when we watch our grandkids on it, we think about the ropes. I don't think we ever thought about the ropes when, you know, we put our teenage kids out there and you know, tell them to go, you know, go swing for a while. Or, or when, we, when we get on those swings, I don't think about the ropes. But when I watch my grandbabies swing out there over the edge of that hill, I think about those ropes. And so Jim uh, went up and replaced all the ropes. There you go. That's, uh, that's what's happening. Oh, and then finally, this was the week um, for planting new flowers in the beds in front of our house. And so Jim recommended that I pick up begonias, petunias, and impatiens. But when I went, I couldn't find petunias. So I got begonias, and I got impatiens, and I got some marigolds. Um, but two days after I planted everything, it became very apparent that I got the wrong kind of impatiens. I, 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 yeah, literally they wilted to the ground. So um, currently replacing those plants with petunias, which is what I was sent after in the first place. So there you go. I've learned my lesson. Some things are more sun tolerant than others. Yeah. What are you learning from gardening this season? How does your garden grow? Let me know. You can always text me 877-933-2484. And yes, on the text line, did Carmen just say fixin'? Yeah. Carmen says fixin'. Oh, yeah. She says that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I say that. Yeah. Well, we're fixing to have a conversation with Paul Acey. We'll be right back. Paul Acey is joining us from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? I am fantastic. How about you? Boy, I am doing really good. I really sympathize with your garden issues. Mm-hmm. We have we just moved into this house that has these huge flower beds. We've never had to deal with flower beds before. We we need to plant a lot of stuff, but the thing is we also have this this troop of deer that live around here and they eat <laughs> everything. Everything. The things that the that the websites say are deer tolerant. Deer resistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. They they love them. They love everything uh, single thing we plant. So what yeah, can you do? So you can well, you can put these like these like plastic cones up around them so that they'll get big enough that then, you know, it doesn't really matter if they nibble a little bit. But then you have to live with these ridiculous plastic cones for a while. And that, that <laughs> looks terrible. Exactly. And nobody wants that. Like, I, I don't want to look at that. All right. It, it sort of that. defeats the purpose of the, of the flowers, right? That's You're exactly looking at the cones right. instead. Oh, that's anyway. exactly right. All right. Tell us about uh, Pete Davidson. Who is Pete Davidson and how can we be praying for him? 
So Pete Davidson is a comedian from Saturday Night Live. He's been in a, a number of uh, of number of movies. He you can see him on Taco Bell commercials. Uh, but he has long been very open about his struggles with mental illness. And recently, he entered rehab in Pennsylvania uh, for for borderline personality disorder and PTSD. Uh, he's he's long been very very open about his depression. He he says that he's depressed pretty much all the time. Uh, mm. He deals with suicidal thoughts. Uh, he is he one of the things that I really respect about Pete Davidson. His his uh, comedy is probably a little bit racy for a plugged in audience. Uh, it can get pretty harsh. It can get pretty foul. But he has been so transparent about the issues that he's dealt with and as someone who struggled with depression myself the the idea of of putting yourself out there to tell people kind of what you're going through in a very honest uh and 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 forthright way is kind of encouraging to me um mental illness as as i'm sure anybody who struggles with it as i'm sure uh, davidson knows is is a difficult thing to corral uh, it can be bewilderingly difficult to 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 sort of get that under control and live a productive life. Uh, so the fact that he's going into rehab, that he's dealing with these issues that he's he's dealing with, I think should be really lauded. Um, mm. And I think we can just be praying for him to uh, get the help that he needs to find the peace that that he 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 wants for uh, to 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 have a, a normal productive life. Uh, he is struggling with a lot, as most of us do at sometimes in our lives. So, uh, so I think just praying for his mental health would be a great thing. Um, let's let's do that, Father. Um, we come before you as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we acknowledge that um, we face challenges in the way that our brains work and the way that we think about things, um, and we recognize that we need you. We need you to um, illuminate our hearts and minds. We need you to take every thought captive. We need you to inspire us and enlighten us. And so, Father, we would ask that um, for Pete Davidson and for others who are suffering today um, with challenges like borderline personality disorder or PTSD or depression or anxiety, so many challenges, Father, um, that you would intervene, that you would reveal yourself, that you would reveal your presence that you would um, offer healing, that you would pour forth light, um, that you would bring forward the grace that is sufficient, even for the meeting of these challenges in these days. Grant your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Paul, let's take a very brief break. And when we come back, um, love to uh, continue the conversation with you. Maybe we can talk a little bit about 4th of July-themed movies um, and, uh, and then also you can read us in on maybe what's coming out this weekend. Does that sound good? That sounds fantastic. All right. Hey, what are you watching? Um, why are you watching it? Who's watching you? Mm -hmm. All that up, all that up next with Paul AC. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, 
all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes, I am definitely planning to see it, so I do not want a spoiler. Paul AC is here. He <laughs> promises not to spoil it. Uh, the um, the Indiana Jones um, series or franchise, definitely worth well over a billion dollars, which makes it kind of funny that in the original uh, Indiana Jones movie, there was this question about whether or not in a thousand years he would be worth something. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, he is. He has a character as a character. He has been worth a ton of money. One of the the other lines that I remember from his uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, is it's not the years, it's the mileage. Well, turns out it's kind of the years, too. He is looking old in this one, but in a good sort of way, I think. Harrison Ford, uh, who stars, obviously, is Indiana Jones. He's almost 81 now. Um, and he mm. brings sort of that that age and that gravitas to Indiana Jones in this new movie, Dial of Destiny. Uh, it takes place in 1969, uh, and the indie that we see here is much different than the one that we saw in his, like his really classic movies. Uh, he's still a teacher, but he's about to retire. His students have chucked out long ago. Uh, he has lost his son in the war. He has uh, been separated from his wife. You almost get the feeling when we talk about that 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 timepiece uh, that was refer- referenced in uh, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark. You almost get the idea that his own timepiece is just sort of winding down. He's counting the seconds and the minutes of his life. Uh, but then he gets a visitation from his old goddaughter, Helena, who encourages him to go on one last adventure with him. And they're going to be going after something called Archimedes Dial. Uh, But, of course, they're not the only ones after it. There are Nazis here. Even in 1969, (laughs) you still have the Nazis. Uh, There's this evil scientist named Voller who wants the dial for himself for nefarious purposes. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but it does have something to do with time. He believes that he can... It has he can use it to manipulate time. Mm-hmm. So that's um, sort of where we are. That's good. No, I'm going to see it. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I'll have opinions. I'll have thoughts. I love the uh, the Indiana Jones movies. We own the whole series now, except for this one. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what that does to our like series set. So there you go. Um, <laughs> any anything else coming out that you uh, that you think we need to know about? You know, there is another movie for kids. Uh, Ruby Gilbin, Teenage Kraken, Kraken, excuse me, is out in theaters at the same time. That is a light, colorful, sweet movie that also has. A is that when we color- can say what's what's crackalackin? Is that oh, when we're allowed to say very that? Very nice. Yes. What's mm-hmm. crackalackin? Uh, it, it's a it's kind of a sweet movie. It does have some LGBT content. So so parents who uh, are taking young kids, that's something to be aware of. Uh, but it is a sweet movie. Um, and, and uh, honestly, let me tell you also about, uh, a dial of destiny. The, it is 
a little bit gentler than than perhaps some some Raiders movies of the past. It doesn't have any melting faces. No one gets their hearts yanked out of their chest or anything like that. So it's also a, a little bit more navigable, probably a little bit uh, nicer than your typical superhero movie, if you will, for family audiences. Hmm. Good, 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 good. All right, uh, 4th of July. 4th of July coming up. Wanna, um, you've got uh, a, at Plugged In some, some movies that teach American history. Want to read us in on that? Yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a blog that really walks us through American history as much as we can in a very concentrated space. Kennedy Unthank wrote a blog uh, that features eight movies that sort of walk us through American history. It begins all the way up to the Revol- Revolutionary War with the Patriot, uh, goes through uh, all most of the really big critical parts of of our shared history, from from slavery to the Civil War to World War II, the Civil Rights Movement, uh, all the way up to the moon landing. So uh, it's, I think Kennedy did a great job with this, and it talks just a little bit about uh, about some of the movies that actually feel a little more historical than your typical one. For instance, you know, the first man which we used for the moon landing, uh, that is the story of Neil Armstrong. Uh, it stars Ryan Gosling. It's a really well accurate depiction of, of who he was and the steps leading up to that. Uh, Selma is one of my very favorite movies, actually, that I've I've watched since uh, since being a part of Plugged In. That takes us through Martin Luther King's uh, walk uh, walk to that was a, a catalyst for the civil rights movement. Uh, it was an incredible moment where where he marched from Selma to Montgomery, a very critical part in our history. Um, we deal with some pretty difficult movies too. So Twelve Years a Slave landed on our list. That is one of the harshest, most difficult movies to watch uh, that you will see. But it's a very accurate depiction, I think, of of the horrors of slavery and one of the darkest parts of of our shared history. So if you're looking for something to uh, to, if you want to find a movie that sort of reflects a little bit of Americana as we head into the Fourth of July holiday, you might find something that is fit for for you or your family on this list so i want to squeeze one in between the cold war (laughs) and the moon landing i want to squeeze hidden i want to squeeze hidden figures in there oh that was one that we talked about as a matter of i don't because i don't think we would have gone to the moon if we hadn't like right if and then hidden figures sort of is this kind of cool bridge of conversation about women and about african-americans and about Segregate. It's just a. It, just such an interesting storyline conversation, and those women are so extraordinary. So I want to squeeze. Are still yeah, I want to yeah. squeeze hidden figures in there. Um, yeah, you know, right. honestly, we're going to do a part two on this next year because there's just so many movies that could be belong on it. So, so good, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. good. Um, all right, there's tons to read right now at pluggedin.com, including an excellent blog post. Don't believe everything that Chatbot tells you. Um, There's also a list of five books on the power and perils of technology. So I commend those to you as well. Check out everything at PluggedIn.com. Paul, as always, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Carmen. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. That's Paul AC. You can find him at PluggedIn.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a quick break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. All right. Hey, thanks for all the engagement on the text line today. Appreciate all the notes um, on 
how to repel deer. I will pass those uh, back along to Paul AC as he tries to figure out uh, how to keep the deer from eating his flowers. We've got uh, liquid fence recommended here. We also have a natural recipe for deer repellent. Oh, I'd love your input on this. Does this work? <laughs> Does this really work? One egg, a half a cup of milk, one tablespoon of oil, one tablespoon of dish soap. You think it matters what kind? What kind of oil, what kind of milk, what kind of dish soap? I need more information. One gallon of water. <clears throat> one egg, half a cup of milk, one teaspoon of oil, one teaspoon, oh, teaspoon, tablespoon, T-B-S-P, tablespoon. One tablespoon of oil, one tablespoon of dish soap, one gallon of water. I need more information, uh, Deb, uh, on this. I need to know what kind of milk, what kind of oil, what kind of dish soap. Yes, I, I need, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, more information is needed. Uh, yeah, how are you keeping the deer out of your garden? How does your garden grow? Thank you for your garden pictures. I, I totally, 100% love this. Um, so, um, oh gosh, I've lost it on here. Well, let me just tell you that uh, somebody texted in, see if I can find them. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but somebody texted in that they um, have international neighbors and they let their international neighbors p- plant a garden in their backyard and they share the produce with each other. But it also gives this sweet friend who's listening right now an opportunity to, you know, over time share the gospel. I love that. I love that idea. So thank you so much. How does your garden grow? You can always text me. Here is something that you have. You have the power. You have the power. Do you know that? Do you know that you have the power? You have a secret power. We're going to talk about it next with Greg Atkinson. What's your secret power and how do you unlock it? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. You have the power. You have the power of kindness. Greg Atkinson is joining us. He's the author of uh, The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. Greg, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you are an author, a speaker, a pastor, a coach, a consultant. You're a busy guy. Um, and, um, And you share a lot in this book about yourself. So... How do you choose to introduce yourself kind of right out of the gate so that people can understand the perspective from which you're, um, you're sharing the secret power of kindness? Yeah, well, I'd written some previous books on leadership, and they were just kind of how-to practical books, and I didn't have to get into my story at all. And so in this book that really anybody can pick up and read on kindness, I wanted to let the reader kind of see into my life and who I am and what I've been through and and uh, open the book with a powerful chapter on forgiveness because I've, I've found that when people struggle with unforgiveness and are uh, angry underneath the surface, then they do not come across as very kind. And so wanted to share my own story of forgiveness and my path there. You also um, just talk about some of the challenges that um, you have faced and maybe some that you continue to face. And I I found your vulnerability and your authenticity both refreshing and um, and also, you know, convicting. I think there are times that we use the challenges that we face as excuses to not be kind to other people. And you've kind of reversed that. Thank you. 
Yeah, um, I I am not the kind of expert. You know, I'm not perfect. I um, I write about something that I think is pretty powerful. It is a uh, little talked about fruit of the spirit. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said I had to look it up. I wasn't sure kindness was a fruit of the spirit, and so that's <laughs> kind of where the secret power of kindness came from. Is uh, so many people uh, forget that kindness is a true mark uh, of a Christ follower. That it's uh, it's something we should be known for, and so um, yeah. So I I'm excited about the reception of this book. Yeah, the um, you lead off the old adage that you know it, it genuinely doesn't matter. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. Um, the the reality that a little kindness goes a long way. Maybe we just unpack the word. Like, what is kindness, and why does it seem so rare today? Uh, you're right. It is very rare in today's culture. Uh, Kindness, in, in my definition, is treating people as, as if they're made in the image of God. And so the, the respect, the honor, the, uh, the kindness that we show towards people, recognizing that they are made in the image of God and that they have worth and they have value. And um, that, is, that is the approach that I take in, in writing this book. And what's uh, refreshing about that and unique and important, um, you are challenging us to consider treating people as image bearers, whether they know it or not, and whether they're living like it or not. Like, it's not, um, it, it, it isn't about how that other person is acting or behaving or whether or not they even recognize and realize they are an image bearer of God. I know that to be true of them, and so I am going to treat them um, as the person I know they are, as the child of God, I, um, you know, I, I know that they are an image bearer of the living God. And so I'm going to treat them like that. Right. Like my famous favorite word is grace. My, my oldest daughter, her name is grace and grace is unearned. It's unmerited favor. Uh, and so when we extend grace towards other others, when we extend compassion and kindness and empathy, uh, it's unearned. It's unmerited. There's not anything that they have to do or fight for on their side. It's just a gift that we give. Grace is a gift. So, Greg, we're not going to give it all away, but what are some of the keys to unlocking kindness? Uh, yeah, so there's there's 10 keys that I talk about unlocking in our daily lives. Uh, I mentioned I start with a, a first chapter of forgiveness sharing my own story of forgiveness and my journey to get there. There's a chapter on generosity. Uh, there's a chapter that surprises a lot of people because it's so practical and you wouldn't really think it's spiritual, but I believe it's deeply spiritual. And that's a chapter on rest and uh, mm -hmm. the importance of sleep. And then there's a chapter on wisdom, you know, choosing the, choosing your battles, choosing the hill you want to die on and, uh, and, and then in other instances, choosing kindness. And um, there's a chapter on patience and love. Uh, both chapters, both patience and love are also fruit of the spirit. And so I dive into that. And then the book ends with a call towards unity. Uh, you know, Christ's last prayer in the garden was that we would be one. And so together, if I choose kindness and you choose kindness, 
together that secret power is that we can change the world and be a part of a unifying force and, and to seek unity in the church, which is what Jesus had prayed for. Yeah, that is um, the, the secret power and the secret combined power that you, uh, that you share with us as well. Again, the secret power of kindness, 10 keys to unlocking your capacity to change the world. We're talking with the author, Greg Atkinson. You can find him at Greg a- Atkinson. I wanted to put an extra A in there, but uh, gregatkinson.com. Um, Greg, when you talk about rest, uh, I want to I wanna hone in there for a moment because you, you talk about the importance of, um, of sleep and you talk about your own uh, rhythm and practice, the, the challenges that you face and the importance of rest and sleep in your own life and um, the importance of that for mental, uh, mental health. Can you, can, you, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, I, um, I had back issues several years ago, couldn't figure out what was wrong, kept going to the chiropractor. And after numerous times of going to the chiropractor, he finally looked at me and said, what kind of mattress do you have? And I said, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, um, it's just a typical mattress. Why do you ask? He said, well, you do realize you spend a third of your life asleep. And I had never heard anybody say it that bluntly to me that in a typical 24 hours day, if, if the average American sleeps eight hours, then we sleep a third of our lives. So I went out and got a better mattress, a better bed, so that I could invest in my sleep. And what I've found is a lot of times we may have a pure and a good heart and intention of wanting to be known as kind people, but when we get a bad night's sleep, we're not at our best. There's a lot of times, uh, and you you know this if, if you've raised toddlers, you know, from kids when they're little and they're grumpy and they're fussing and complaining, and we'll say, somebody needs a nap. Um, it's, it's the same as adults. When we are not at our best, when we do not get proper rest and sleep and a Sabbath and time off and time away, we're not going to come across as very kind people. Yeah, we got up on the wrong side of the bed. You got your day off right. on the wrong foot. You need, you know, somebody needs a nap. I can hear all of those. Um, there, there is this relationship between self-care and cultivating kindness. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about that connection, but I also want to talk about the language of cultivating kindness. It's not just something that just manifests. It's actually something that has to be cultivated. Absolutely. What I, <clears throat> what I talk about in the book, when it comes to intentionality, what I mean by that is choosing to have an intentional relationship with Jesus Christ and that we spend time with him in worship, prayer, Bible study, uh, daily devotion, and that in that abiding in Christ, we become more and more like him. I had read a book years ago by Richard Foster, and he talked about that when the tough times come, when we get surprised, when things don't go our way, what naturally comes out of us is, 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 is a result of how much time we are spending with Christ. And so when we are abiding in Christ and spending time with Christ daily in our, in our lives, what would naturally come out of us would be the fruit of the Spirit. We would naturally be uh, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And so I talk about choosing 
to have to like you said cultivate and develop a relationship with Christ so that as uh, one pastor said when the toothpaste gets squeezed what comes out is what's really in us and so uh, I talk about intentionally developing our relationship with God so that we become more and more like him imitators of God all right, if uh, if you listen frequently to Mornings with Carmen, then you think that Greg and I have read the same books and are reading off the same page um, because uh, we talk every single day about where are you uh, in the Word? Where in the Word are you? It's imperative that you be soaking in the Word of God and spending time with um, with God in order that the Word of God might fill you. You might be filled with grace and truth because the world is going to squeeze you. And when it does, what's going to come out? We want uh, it to be grace and truth. And in this case, kindness. We're going to continue our conversation with Greg Atkinson in just a moment. The secret power of kindness. Do you know you have the power? Are you cultivating it? Do you know how to unlock it? More with Greg in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Do you have something or someone you need to forgive? Forgiveness is something we cannot live long nor well without, and every day we have opportunities to seek forgiveness from God and others and respond to others when they need us to forgive them. I have been forgiven much, and I find that it's out of that resource or that reservoir of forgiveness that I am able to forgive those who have sinned against me. I also find that when I am unforgiving— It reveals that I've neglected time with the Lord. I've lost perspective on my own need for grace over and over and over again. So if you need a forgiveness booster or a forgiveness refresh, join us on the journey of forgiveness. Text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484. We'll engage with you over a series of text messages that will encourage you in your journey of forgiveness as we each face the challenge to pass on to others what we need every day. Forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484. Hey, you know, we've been uh, talking about forgiveness the entire month of June. We just um, had our day of forgiveness, our day-long emphasis on forgiveness, and we're in the midst of walking with one another in a forgiveness journey, you can still join us. You text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484. Do you um, need to experience forgiveness? Are there others you need to forgive? Um, Greg, I'm wondering, um, as you think about and consider the secret power of kindness, you lead off with forgiveness. Would you be willing to share with us a little bit more about that? Um, we've been talking about forgiveness a lot here late, lately at Faith Radio, and I think that that would be a particularly um, helpful blessing to us today to understand a little bit more about your forgiveness journey and the connection to kindness. Yeah, I love that you guys have been talking about that. Uh, for me, when I started brainstorming the table of contents and the structure of this book and praying about it with my pastor and and working on it. It just seemed like I needed to start with forgiveness. And we actually talked about it in my small group. Uh, Somebody was talking about forgiveness and kindness in the same sentence, and I just saw them working together. But I, I, I have known people throughout my life that dealt with unforgiveness, and they had this anger underneath the surface at all times. 
and they could bite somebody's head off in a heartbeat and just you would not describe them as a kind person where really in their heart they wanted to be and they wanted to be known for that but they really wrestled with forgiveness and so i have been through a unique journey in my life with childhood trauma and abuse and um uh, i talk about in the book that when i first met my mentor here in charlotte that he said greg every man and woman has a father wound and a church wound and so I unpacked that in the first chapter, and I talk about my father wound, and I talk about God being the perfect heavenly father and, and how God has shown up for me again and again um, as, as, as my perfect father, and, and that I was able to forgive my earthly father. And I shared his story of what it was like for him growing up and how he had a rough childhood. And so... Um, it was it was not a uh, an easy thing to write. It, it was it was like bleeding on the page. It was it was very difficult to write down and unpack, and a lot of a lot of tears were shed. But the feedback I've been hearing from people is that it really ministered to them and um, it was helpful to them, and so that means a lot. When um, when you think about the uh, the when you think about forgiveness, the word process um, seems important here. I think that there are people who've been led to believe that forgiveness is once and done. It happens in a moment. We make a decision and then we can move on and we we never return to that place or that need. Um, that's not been my experience. I'm wondering if um, if forgiveness, you see forgiveness as a process. Yeah, I went to Onside in Tennessee and did some group therapy, uh, mentioned them in the book. And at on-site, their mantra that is on coffee mugs and, and said everywhere you see is trust the process. And so they, they open up the very first session with a session on trauma. And it was a session called It Happened. And it was so validating to hear that what I went through was real. It happened and it was trauma. And, um, and then they take you throughout a nine-day journey, and they, they say that they pack nine months of therapy into nine days. And uh, the whole time throughout the nine days, they're talking about trusting the process, and forgiveness was a big part of what we dealt with. Mm. That's so helpful. Um, what encouragement do you have today, folks who maybe are, you know, they, they know their, their life is not marked by by kindness. Um, I like the way that you phrase that. Like people want to be known as kind, but if somebody's not describing you as kind because you have, you know, you've experienced hurt in the past and, um, and so you lack kindness in the present. Um, in addition to forgiveness, like how, how do we get there? How do we, how do we get beyond the experiences in the past that seem to have us trapped? I would take it to God daily um, my encouragement, and you mentioned what encouragement do I have for people that aren't there yet, my encouragement would be that His mercies are new every morning and that um, we can get up and start a new day and with new mercies and just take it to the cross and realize that we are forgiven and that in that we are forgiven, we can learn to forgive others. Uh, Jesus set the model. Jesus set the Example, you know, I end the book talking about God's kindness because the Bible says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. 
And so God modeled uh, forgiveness. God modeled kindness. God is the model for everything. God is love. There's a chapter on love and the great commandment. And so if you've messed up, wake up anew, start again. God is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And so his mercies are new every morning. We can start again and, um, and try to be intentional with cultivating a life of kindness. Hmm. Oh, that's Greg Adkinson. You can connect with Greg online at gregadkinson.com. The book we're talking about today, The Secret Power of Kindness, encourage you to unlock the capacity um, in your own life to change the world. You, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which means that you have the gift of kindness. The question is, are you cultivating it? Um, do you know how to unlock it? Um, and so I want to encourage you uh, to do that today. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, absolutely. It was a joy, joy to talk with you. Hey, um, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're going to flip the calendar next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, today is the last day of June. Uh, it's June the 30th, so we're going to flip the calendar. Um, we're going to turn the proverbial page. For those who run on a fiscal year, um, you're going to literally bring an end to one fiscal year and start another one. That's a big, it's a, that, that means that like today is big um, if you run on a fiscal calendar. Um, and, and it's also the end of quarter two. Like we're halfway through the year. <clears throat> so um, I don't know. Do you do like a quarterly return on investment? Do you do that? Do you like check in quarterly like on your investments? Do you think God maybe deserves a quarterly check in um, on his investment? What is it that God has invested in you? Well, he's given you his Holy Spirit. So that's a lot um, because with the Spirit, uh, as we've already just discussed a little bit, you know, come with the gift of the Spirit, come these gifts, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, what's God's return on each of those investments? Like God has given us the gift of love and and then told us to love. Like it's a command that we would love. What's God's return on that investment? God has given us the gift of um, himself. Um, he's given us talents. Um, he's given us abilities, every good and perfect gift that comes from above. What's God's return on that investment? Is he getting a, you know, one for one? Is he getting a two for one? Is he getting a 10 for one? Or have you like buried it and you're not even, you just, it's not even growing. You like put it, it's like in the deep freeze. It's like, you know, you're, you're a seed saver or something. It's time to plant that thing. All right. And let God give the growth. Water it, tend to it, watch it. Um, let, let God grow it. God wants a harvest of righteousness. And he's given everything that's necessary for the accomplishing of his will in and through us. He's, he's actually done it all. He's given us everything that is necessary. The question is, what are we doing with it? And this doesn't a, this is not a, hey, you got to do this in order to be saved. No, 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 no. Um, if you are not saved, then I want you to receive the free gift of God 
of salvation in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And then with that, God gives you everything else. And he gives you his spirit. And he gives you his word. And so I want us to be making much of that. Let the seed that God has planted in your life grow and produce a harvest of righteousness that at the end of next quarter, God might have a little better ROI than he's got today. Let's turn the page. Let's uh, flip the calendar. It's a brand new quarter and a brand new year. Let's grow in grace together. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.